Join the Pop Life Podcast conversation. Follow us on Twitter at the Pop Life Podcast. Find us on iTunes at the Pop Life Podcast. Be sure to rate us, please. And find us on SoundCloud and share and like and subscribe. Thanks. Welcome to the Pop Life Podcast, coming to you from the Crosby Collective Studio. Starring your hosts, Jeffrey Sledge, Naima Cochran, and Sean Young. If it's top of mind in pop culture, it's up for discussion. Thank you for joining us this week. The Pop Life begins in three, two, one. Pop Life Podcast today is Feb 2. Um... We're gonna get a show in for y'all since we have, have we done one in the new year? Yeah, we did one. Yeah, we do one, one a month. <laughs> <laughs> one, yeah, so you take this, take this one, and we'll see y'all in March. <laughs> not for nothing. The way my schedule is set up right now, I was thinking about that. I was like, damn, when are we gonna tape? Yeah, I, that's why I didn't even on our group chat. That's why I hadn't even said anything because we're all like kind of bonkers right now, you know. So yeah. the Grammys yeah, the and stuff. Chat I was like, is dry, so. Yeah, even and, the group chat is exactly. Yeah, really the group chat ain't even popping. And for and yeah. like for the oh, here's the Sean. And um I wanna also share with our audience, you know, there was a time when I, I can't remember if we said this on the show or if we just talked about it amongst ourselves. There was a time when we were actively pursuing and looking into different media partnerships, going into mm-hmm. a blog company mm-hmm. or something like that. And and there were a couple, like there were two or three different situations that fell through for various reasons. One of which yeah. was like on the verge of launching, but it actually worked mm-hmm. out because ta-da, like there's no way we could have yeah, no way we could have done it. Yeah, unless, unless, unless we unless we ended up monetizing it and getting like crazy rich. You know what I'm saying? Otherwise, right, and not, that, yeah, was, so the rest of this shit we do could be on the back burner. Right. It yeah, would have had to become it, like otherwise no, it wasn't Right, exactly. It's this yeah, absolutely challenging. What up, Sean? Hey, what's going on? What up, bro? bro? He hey. got his Facebook look on where he looking down on the screen. <laughs> yeah, my my neck, yo, my neck is. Are we taping or is this? Yes. Are we, yeah, we taping. We're taping. Yo, nigga, my neck has been stiff as a board. Like I'm not sure how I'm sleeping, but like when I tell you this pain is like insane right now. Wow. Like the shit, is it from travel? Shit. Just the travel, the time zones, just the you know, mm-hmm. sleeping awkwardly and uncomfortably. Like I hate those red eyes. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, those long yeah. flights, man. Like so it, it's not very comfortable. And I'm terrible at keeping my neck pillow. So there's mm-hmm. probably several neck pillows spread throughout the US of <laughs> because I leave them all the time. Mm-hmm. But um, go but to I'm that good, reclaim a good store and you find mad Sean neck pillows. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah, sorry, let's, man. Let's, let's you want to see a chiropractor? Yeah, I'm sorry. No, not yet. Um, it was what it about was some starting. acupuncture or something. I'm gonna keep it a buck. I think the acupuncture be a little bullshit. <laughs> I know it's been around a, a trillion years, and I know the Asians love it. But I don't know, man, like, because I've done acupuncture, like, for several reasons. I've done acupuncture. It doesn't really curl all the way over for me. It just never, I, I feel like, I feel like I'm at a snake oil salesman, to be honest. Like, by well, the fifth know, trip. Like that is, you got to believe. Like, that's 30% of it. It's effectiveness. Yeah, I mean, and sometimes I don't really be believing. <laughs> I'll be like, 
Um, I mean, I guess I feel it, and then I'm like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess since, since yeah. you just turn, turn the me, needle, turn the needle more, turn the needle more. Yeah, I've I've had a couple like, of turn sessions. Turn me up, turn me down. <laughs> I've had a couple of sessions, um, with a woman, and, and I listen. I give anything I do a chance, right? Like I'm not gonna just go one time and be like, oh, this didn't work, right? It's just not like I'm not engaged, right? But like after like several. Hundred fifty dollars sessions, like okay, this is not really. Working. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> at this yeah, price I point, give you, I didn't give like, you seven hundred fifty dollars, and my shit still hurt. Yeah, yeah, like <laughs> like like if it was twenty five dollars, I might enjoy this a little bit more. But at this price point, I need results, my guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, well, um, how we feel better. Yeah, we definitely do. Um, I'm gonna talk about a little bit of music stuff since this is Grammy week. Uh, Grammys are Sunday evening for those who don't know. Um, just want to mention um, a pretty good interview with um, Shannon Sharp and Usher is out right now. Um, Shannon Sharp's been his, his talent uh, booker is smashing it right now. Hey, on, um, it. on it. Yes, yeah, so that's a pretty good interview. Um, and then, I, I just I haven't Although seen the whole Shannon interview. Himself, I watched a lot of it. Sorry to interrupt. Although Shannon himself as an interviewer is a different story, but he at least he gets good yeah. talent that keeps it interesting. The talent keeps it interesting, even if Shannon ain't the best. But you know what, Shannon? You know, but you know what? Why I like his interview style? I understand exactly what you're saying. I'm not disagreeing with you, not. But I why I like his interview styles because he really is like interviewing him like an uncle, an uncle at a cookout. Okay, hey fair. man, so. What do you think about you know saying like he really asks <laughs> questions that like you know he not he's not, he's not a journalist obviously and he's right. not trying to do like a hard hitting kind of did you did you watch the Twenty One Savage interview? No, because I don't care about Twenty One Savage. But that interview was excellent. I shouldn't say that because I actually I got to know him a little bit during them days on Clubhouse where you could still like interact with people. Mm-hmm. Um, and for those yeah. who don't know, Twenty One used to host a lot of rooms and not like the other rappers did bullshit. Like he'd be talking about relationships, doing all kinds of stuff. Uh-huh, and, uh-huh. But like in a real thoughtful way, not on some Yeah, he's he's, he's smart. He's a smart yeah, kid. He's actually a, he's actually a thoughtful kid. kid. So I shouldn't say that. But my thing with Club Shay Shay, not that I think that Shannon needs to be a journalist, like you know, some people are saying, mm-hmm. I it, it actually works in a weird way because he gives his people so much room to talk. Yes. But yep. if he were to end up with a subject, there are some subjects you got to pull out of. If he were to ever end mm. up with somebody like that, it's going to fall flat. But what I'm, that's what that I'm saying. You should watch the 21. You should watch the 21 interview because mm-hmm. he pulls like a lot of pause out a lot out of 21. <laughs> Stop. Shut up, Inca. <laughs> and, and he like really, there's a part in there where he—it's really uncle nephewish. Okay. It's really this older man talking to this younger man about you know life kind of things. It, it's okay. a really good. I'll interview. check it out. But, but, check yeah, but anyway, we ain't gonna make this about Shannon. But I was, the Usher interview was good. Usher single, uh, Usher single dropped today. Well, last night. Um, it's Afrobeatish. It's pretty good. I like it. Yes, yeah, a good record. It's, it's giving good record. me. I'm ready for a little warm weather. Yeah, yeah, get yeah, the yeah, Toes yeah. out. I'm into it. Yeah, I got um, I got high expectations for this uh album coming out um yeah. this weekend. 
Also, um, like when he dropped the link for that, I was like, I thought you were home, like getting ready for the Super Bowl, get your choreography together. I'm like this nigga recorded an album and made videos. Yeah. Well, he recorded yeah, yeah, yeah. that album. They as soon as they announced the Super Bowl, they they announced that the album was going to drop. Because it drops right. on Sunday. Yeah. I mean, on Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, it drops on Sunday. Right, like, literally right after the game. Yeah, it drops on Super Bowl Sunday, which I'm I'm happy somebody is breaking the Friday thing. Mm-hmm. I want to see what happens. I hate New Music Fridays. I hate it. I I can't. I do want to go back to Tuesdays. It. I really want to go back to Tuesdays. I just, yeah. I hate Friday. But anyway. um, and I somebody like- said, somebody said something about that. Who was it? Oh, Tyler, Tyler, Tyler Creator. He said something yeah. very interesting, which is valid. He said, "Look, when people when we were getting out on Tuesdays, people had a whole week. You had a whole week of, of live, promo to kind yeah. of live with it. Whereas now you're getting them on Fridays, and people are you know people are busy on the weekends with kids or whatever they're yeah, doing. You're not really you know, living with them. Really have a chance to listen. Exactly. Not to mention the was, promo. Not to mention the promo cycle. Like I know mm-hmm. social media has changed things, but." You do, you know, you do your TV runs, you do your radio runs. Yeah. All of that happened during the, it was promo week. Yeah. Promo week isn't a yeah. thing anymore. It doesn't exist. Because it's, I, yeah, it, it's exactly, exactly. And I, so I, I thought that was valid. Digital has yeah. changed things. It also, I think, and not to get on a tangent, the Friday release, I think, has also, part of this is about it being a digital era, but it's, it's helped to kind of decrease the specialness of music releases. Because mm-hmm, again, mm-hmm. it comes out on Thursday night at midnight. You maybe mm-hmm. got it's not the same thing as like it coming out at the beginning of the week and you having the whole week. The week and you got all the week to live with it yeah, and like, talk to people yeah, about it. it and, changes. Yeah, yeah. Changes things. So, so stuff on weekends. Go ahead. While I appreciate the origins of Music Fridays and how we got there. Right. It wasn't just Beyonce, though. It was Beyonce, but it was a conversation that was happening already, and Beyonce helped push that global. It had to happen because you couldn't geo-target music anymore. And the U.S. is the last... North America is the last release market. Everybody else would come out before us. So there was no... Mm -hmm. The biggest music market. So it literally just couldn't continue where other countries had the music... Before we did, it before was us. yeah, because of, yeah. yeah, yeah. I appreciate what you're yeah. saying, but I am just gonna go. I understand, and I'm saying Beyonce definitely <laughs> pushed the button. She was the first. She was the first artist to do the global Friday release. She was. She yeah. definitely pushed the button. She definitely showed mm-hmm. it was possible and pushed that forward. I'm just saying it was a conversation before. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. My boy, my boy, schoolboy Q is song. dropping. I don't know the date yet. Oh shit! Um, Where but I'm a massive fan. Yeah, he's dropping. He been low. I mean, he really, uh, he really, you know, he was really devastated when Mac Miller died. Like he was, that was like really his real best friend, and he was really devastated and took a long time off to kind of heal. You know, he's a golf. He plays golf now, and apparently he's really good. Like he plays, oh. he plays golf like every day. Right. Like, he's like. He be playing on in like little tournaments and shit. He's got a country club membership. Like that's what he's kind of done to help cope. Um, but he's going to drop. I heard a clip of a song he has coming out, and that shit was fucking fire. So I'm excited about that. Um, I know Bruh's upset because they canceled the Rock Nation brunch. Um, I know. <laughs> no, I've never been. I've never I know, been. I know. I know. I'm talking shit. I'm and, fucking with you. Man. And 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 God bless. They're doing it for a good reason. 
Um, also, I think it's time. I think it's time. If that, yeah. makes, if that makes sense. Like, I, I think it's absolutely. time. Absolutely. Jay, Jay has never been, I've never gotten the, I'm a state the lights come on energy from him. So he no, all, no, 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 no. He's kind of knows when to get out just a little bit yeah. earlier. You also, know what I'm saying? The brunch is kind of like, time. the brunch is kind of outgrown as all things do. Anything that starts out like super exclusive, super whatever, like, Every year for the past three years, I've seen like between the people leaking footage from the brunch, which I'm like, mm-hmm. why are you there? Mm-hmm. You're trying to hold mm-hmm. the camera over everybody's head to get a shot of Beyonce. You shouldn't even be in the room, in my opinion, like type shit. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. seems like it's kind of outgrown. It's going to be a reset. Yep. Yeah. 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 So that's, that's, that's going to be a reset. Gave... This is going to end up. Oh, well, John. I don't John... Think they... Uh, the big big John Platt is being honored at Clive Davis's um party. Oh. And they wanted to go and support right. um you know they wanted to go and support John. at Clive's joint. And that that that's yeah, they wanted to support John at Clive's joint. And that sounds to me like a, a concerted effort. It also just sounds like a dude who can get on the phone and say, Yo, I need you to be there and support. And right. It, yeah, it's kind of yeah, yeah. and not like I need you to be there, but I need you to not take everybody else who I need to be there away. I need, I need you to, uh, exactly. away, exactly. And yeah, yeah. And John and John and John deserves. John deserves. He's he's been around. He's done a lot of good business. He's made a lot of people rich. Um, he's done a lot of big power moves and, behind and the scenes. I'm happy for him. And, and more importantly, it was time. Yes. It was time. Yeah, it was like it's over. It was like you did, nigga. Like, I was like, they get real loose at the door. I see, but also like Grammy, Grammy weekend isn't even Grammy weekend anymore. It's Grammy week. Events are starting on like Tuesdays and Wednesdays now. It's it's a lot. There's so much. There's so basically. It's almost like a damn festival now. Yeah, it's not almost. There's basically like three or four events per day that are even on our radar. Yeah. And so I'm sure that there yeah. are multiple more events that aren't on our radar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, some of these parties have overlapped. Some of these things yeah. are during the day, right? So it's, it's kind of spread out. People mm-hmm. recognize that you obviously are going to make everything and the big staples are going to get people to show up. Exactly. Um, exactly. Uh, the exactly. Black Music Coalition are going to get people the Clive party, you know, they're going to move the needle for people. So, um, but it's been great. And I think that the rock nation brunch is probably going to probably going to take it. Obviously they'll take this year. off. Yeah. I think they'll probably take that year off and it's probably going to turn back into a far more intimate. intimate, We're just going to meet up at the house. Yeah. Like like 40 people at the, at at the crib, bring a chef in. And, and and we just gonna sit here and chill and, and chop it up. But I don't like think the very first one. I went to the first one, and the very first one was so small it was at House of Blues. Like that's how small the very first one was. That's how intimate that's the very first one was. Yeah, and that's how it should, that's how it should be. Um, I want Before to mention. Um, okay, no, I'm still. I'm, yeah, we still talking music though. But go ahead, go back. I just I want to get into like a little bit of an adulting rant about hidden costs of shit. Boom. Oh. I was blown because I went to a home store. I need two lamps for the living room, right? Mm-hmm. A little dark mm-hmm. in there. I was like, let me, you know, find two lamp bases. I was like, oh, I got to buy the shades separately. That's cool. I'm prepared for that. But 
you telling me I got to pay for the harp and the finial separately? The, the things the that the light bulb goes Yeah, that the light bulb. So and wait, you know, some a la carte shit? Huh? You use some a la carte shit. You use some a la carte. They also a la carte. You got to go to another store. Was four separate charges. Wow. I was so pissed. That's too much. You know what though? You can get the harp and the video on Amazon. I mean, I, I also just wanted it to be done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know I get I mean? that. And I'm oh. at the store already, so like, I want the golds to match. Like, I got yeah, brass lamps. I, so I was like, sidebar. Like, I've never heard. I've never heard the thing called the harp, and I don't yo, even know what Finny means. That's why I was like, like the thing that, like, you saw me. I was like, the thing that the light bulb goes in. Well, it's the thing that the attaches the, the thing that thing. attaches the. the oh. Okay. Right, and then the finial, you can get a curtain rod finial or a lamp finial. I was today years old when I learned that. That was always the thing that held the lampshade and the thing that screwed on the lampshade. I was exactly. I never never knew it was an actual (laughs) lane. I never knew it was me, the finial and the thing. Totally gun to my head. It's night night. I'm never guessing that. I'm never (laughs) exactly. I'm like what in that store. Hot, like I can't like y'all have me confused. See, but then I gotta a, supply my. But you own know what though? But you know what though? You went the fact that you went to a store where they was calling shit finials <laughs> shows me you was in a real fancy ass store. Oh, your ass shit in the bench. You took your ass down to IKEA or uh, the fucking Home Depot. Down the bar. You probably Home Depot, but this is why I get my lamps off of the damn uh, Amazon and Overstock. Well, Overstock, which is now Bed Bath and Beyond, wildly. Mm. Um, which is like, yeah, Overstock. It's weird. They didn't buy the company. They bought the name. The name. Mm. The name is yeah, valuable. Okay. So, so it's still Overstock, but they bought the name and the branding. So whatever. But um. Yeah, I get my lamps from there because I don't be having time. Like it's a, it's also the paralysis of choice. Like I got to, cho- or from or from Target. Like I got to choose the shade. I got to figure out the mm, thing. I got to, and for much. me, like it's too much. Yeah, it's too much. It's too much. It's too much. Yeah. I just I had an image in my mind. I left with only one lamp because mm-hmm. I was like, this also, went from being on sale right. to out of my budget very very quickly. Very quickly. I was gonna say also like not for nothing. Target's lamp choices. If you go to a good Target, uh, yeah, yeah, they, 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 they work. They work. I didn't see like nothing that I loved in okay. Target that justified okay. the price. Yeah, so, this like, nigga's this nigga go... talking about finials and shit. So she on some other <laughs> shit. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm sick um, of it. Like um, a rug, a rug pad, the tape to hold it down. Oh, it's too much. Oh, it's all. Everything has to be up. I agree. I'm sorry. I just had to. Uh, I want to mention. Uh, that's all right. I want to mention um, uh, real quick. I, well, the lighter discussion, uh, still music, is the We Are The World documentary. Uh, I still which have is to on watch Netflix it. now. I haven't uh, watched TV all week. It's, Five it's, stars. It's, it's, it's really good. I've heard it's, it's really good. I'm excited to watch it. I just haven't watched TV all week. Yeah, Bye. it's really good. They <laughs> got, of the course, they got. That leaves have played through. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wayland Jennings. He's like, I ain't singing no African nothing. I'm fucking out of here. I'm going to keep it a buck with you. I'm going to keep it a buck with you. Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. Here you go. I don't fuck with the Magas, but I respect Wailing for being like, you niggas is crazy. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that means. <laughs> and I'm going to leave. And he didn't make no scene. Yeah. He didn't. He, he didn't. didn't like, he just walked he out. Didn't, he didn't cause no concern. He didn't try to talk nope. nobody from doing what they wanted to do. He just simply said, 
I'm not singing no motherfucking Swahili. Swahili. Yeah. I'm out. I'm out. Step down off the rising. Said excuse me. And just kept me. walking. He walked out there like he was going to the bathroom, and he just kept going. And and we and we laughing and we laughing, but we going we not gonna pretend like Smokey and the rest of the niggas from Detroit was like, what is this nigga talking about? It was also like, because I exactly, I don't know what none of this means, nigga. Smokey did that to Michael too. He was like, hey, nigga, what is this? Yeah, what. What are we yes. doing here? Right. What, 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 yeah, what are we doing? Yeah. The footage that's what he said. He said, I, Smokey said, I know Michael since he was like 10 years old. So basically he's like, I know the boy. I could talk to him any way I want to. <laughs> it was great. Uh, the genius of great. having the foresight to film, get all the footage for the video immediately, like as they were recording was, I mean, now we have all yeah. this gold yeah. that is still backed up and we can watch it now. And it's great. Oh, I just got two and things to say. I thought it was dope that they interviewed the they interviewed the uh, cameraman. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. like talking about him in like him getting that footage. Like it was it was dope. Go ahead, bro. What was gonna say? I got, I got two things. I need all of the footage from that day when Al Jarreau is wine drunk. <laughs> I need all of it. I need every second of Al Jarreau <laughs> being shit faced, okay. wine drunk. In the session, Matt empty wine bottles all over the Matt, studio. Uh, yo, Lionel <laughs> saying he had to basically take every wine bottle that came into that session. <laughs> <laughs> nigga, Al was told that nigga was hit. I was like, that oh, nigga was would, they would do the whole cue, and then this nigga would come in saying the wrong line. The wrong everything, all over the place, very Algeroy. <laughs> it was like, nigga, this is not an Algeroy song. We just need you to be in exactly. key and be on, you know. And <laughs> you got one line to sing, nigga. So that, that, and listen, you guys know I respect musicianship. Um, I love Sheila E. I think she's a great talent. I think she's um, one of the more phenomenal musicians um, that we've ever had. Um, and I think what they did to her was a very music industry thing, um, yeah. very, which is very which good. is which is come through, and come through because we know you can sing. We could put you on. It wasn't like she wasn't hot. She did have heat around her at that time. So her being mm-hmm. there was not like, why are you here, right? But like, yeah. you 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 would definitely not get in a solo. In that no. session, like, 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 <laughs> I don't, all. I don't really know how to explain that, but that was just not gonna happen yeah. in that and, session. And, and 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 you being here, maybe a man prince might come through. That was what I felt <laughs> bad most about. Not that yeah. she wasn't get, given a solo, because um, whether or not Prince came, you were not gonna get a, you you just weren't gonna get a solo. I mean, I, I guess that. Um, you know, at this point, um, obviously, you know, Prince has passed and we know a lot more about um, the quirky behaviors that at the time just seemed like very um, rock star shit, like very standoffish mm. shit. And and obviously we've known, um, you know, that this was not really an act, right? Like he would have these sort of moments where it would just be a little overwhelming and, you know, lots of people around. You know, he did a lot of intimate stuff. He didn't really... Mm. Um, so I think I, you know, I think him not showing up was probably a combination of all those things, um, which is like. But you talking about I Prince? Mean, yeah. yeah, 
Oh, Prince was like, I don't want to be around all them people. Somebody said, Yeah, I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to be I'm around not, all them people. He was kind of like, Who all gonna be there? How long y'all gonna be there? Now I'm good. And, and also, and, uh, and also the fact that it was Mike. It was Michael. It, it, it was Michael. It was really Michael's show. Yeah, yeah. It was Michael's show. I was but Michael yeah. was not supposed to be on the track. He was just supposed to sing the reference track and like right. help. Yeah. He wasn't ever yeah. supposed to. Have- yeah. Yeah, but Mike, it's apparently- Mike, 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 one of them, Mike, one of the niggas that he definitely gonna be on. Like he, <laughs> I, he definitely told them I'm not gonna do it, and, and he 100, it. and he 100. When everybody left the studio, that nigga 100 percent would go in and lay that vocals of and course. be all exactly. on your backing track. Right, exactly. right. Yes. But apparently, exactly. and again, I haven't watched the doc yet, but I saw something else where Kenny, weirdly, Kenny Loggins was dispatched to try to wrangle Prince. I don't know why. He talked about that in the doc. I forget what he yeah. said. But he, 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 said that, yeah. he said that, well, what I saw him say in another interview was basically that Prince was kind of like, who? No. <laughs> like, basically, like, this is going to be a random assembly yeah. of motherfuckers? No. Yeah. I, I mean, and that sounds on brand. Yeah. 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 Fact, um, I'm not seeing the great vocals of Bob Dylan. I don't get it. But you, you know what it is with Bob? But you, but, you, but you know what, though? When you watch the doc, and I was telling my man, my man Spritus, when you watch the doc, the Bob part and the Kim Carnes, um, Cindy Lauper, Huey Lewis part, like, it makes sense. It kind of made more sense to it me sense. watching yeah. the doc and how they did it. It was like, oh, yeah, that, now I mean, I'm explaining the, the whole process of it. Yeah. Those parts that are kind of like look like in the um in the in the song it's kind of like eh, that's kind of but then when you watch the doc it's like it, it was a method to that madness like and even everybody's with Bob, tone and temper and everything. I get it yeah Bobby Lewis knowing that he was standing in for a Prince type vocal arrangement makes yeah. me a little softer on like the clips that we've seen of him struggling to hit those notes because right. he's he says one time in the doc he's like that's really not my key. Yeah. You know, but, yeah. I, but I'll, I'll try it, you know? And then the Bob part was really, I mean, sorry, now nah, I'm going to give a little bit away. But the Bob part actually really is interesting because Bob, when they're singing as a choir, they show Bob and he ain't really singing because he's really insecure yeah. about his voice. Yeah. He's yeah. like, I can't but sing Bob, with these motherfuckers. But and so then later on. recognizable voice that you can't have but something he, of this magnitude he wasn't, and not include Exactly. Bob. But he wasn't yeah. comfortable singing and, next and, to you. And know. also, I think, and I, and I think, Bob, I think we look at musicians very differently now, right? Like, so people have these sort of 20, 25 year careers where they're still active and still in good voice and still singing. And I think at that point, Bob had really sort of faded um, into being just an old dude, right? Like, I don't necessarily know that he was as comfortable in that space. Yeah. And, he was always about songwriting and, yeah, and, he really, and he really became famous during um, a messagey folksy era mm-hmm. of music mm-hmm. where, mm-hmm. where voices and what you look like did not matter as much. It was probably, I would probably say off that, like the, the heels of Motown, like as Motown started to fade sort of in that. Yeah, it was like mid, the late 60s and stuff the like mid, that. Yeah. 60s. And then to that Vietnam like, War so, stuff and all that. Yeah, Associate his yeah. sound with like Woodstock and those kinds of Woodstock artists. and those, exactly. exactly. Right. So, you know, Dylan, yeah. man, we got Dylan at the protest, man. So, you know, it's like a lot of that sort of exactly. shit. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but I but I thought I thought it was dope. Again, now I'm spoiled this part for you. I thought it was dope because when Bob did his part, again, he's very insecure. So Stevie sat down and taught him the part. 
And like Shout out to play. the genius of Stevie yeah, Wonder being Wonder. able to mimic everybody's voice. Exactly. He, he literally mimicked Bob doing the part, like singing just like this. And to see Bob doing it and follow Stevie Wonder, that shit was just fly. Favorite part, Bruce Springsteen. First of all, yeah. he was hot. That man oh, oh. <laughs> is gorgeous today. But I had no appreciation for a very young Bruce out in these streets. <laughs> okay, okay. Bruce? <laughs> Was fine as hell, and then that broken glass kind of rest yeah, that voice that yeah. he added at the end yeah, and getting it yeah. in one shot like that. Yeah, I'm a I fan love, I, forever. I'm going to buy the records. I love that. I love that they had the demos too, like the cassette demos of, of Lionel and Michael, and you know, mm-hmm. Lionel saying, "Michael always called me Lionel." <laughs> Lionel. 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 Snake in the house, all over the place you know while he's trying to write the Yo. song. Lionel definitely tells very, he tells great old black man stories. He's he definitely, definitely yeah, Alabama comes out when he yeah, tells Alabama, stories. Yes, yes. <laughs> and um, I do want to say I think there's an appreciation. Uh, listen, I've always appreciated Quincy Jones, right? Yeah. But there is a definitely deeper appreciation to um, what I like to say is just sort of the way he understands music in a technical sense, like mm-hmm. he's he's dope and he's jazzy, right? Because that's kind of his root. So it, it, he was always going to be hip and fly and a dope new shit. Like that's just how mm-hmm. those guys were. It's how they were raised and how they were kind of brought up as musicians. But watching him understand the technicality of putting these people together and basically a mm-hmm. choir form, like there was yep. nothing random about where these people were standing. We wanted to get this because we had these very short periods. We didn't want people off key and out of place. We wanted to be able to mix properly, right? Like they had to do this in this very um, structured way. And I don't know that there's anybody, I mean, maybe outside of Pharrell. I don't know that there's anybody today that can structure in that way. Right. right. Like with yeah, the with the yeah, technicality, yeah. with the no, you got to put this person here. So I think that was dope. And we forget that Q is fucking 50 at that point. Right. Like he's not right. a young mm-hmm. he's not a young man, like by any means. And he's 50 and fucking is the hottest thing since sliced bread. The reason we don't have another Q who knows that Q had worked with so many voices intimately. Right. Like band arrangements you know what i'm saying whereas like you said pharrell might be because even producers don't necessarily have as intimate a relationship anymore and jeff you can speak to this with really knowing different vocals like that you Mm -hmm. know as they used to in part because you may not be with somebody in the studio the way producers used to be like with you in the studio and quincy worked so closely with like all these different types of voices with different artists with different oh, he styles. called the vocal arranger guy whose name i forget yeah i was about to say yeah but so watching the, his the white process guy. he assigned the lines based on voices that will work together so yeah he was a, he was a white guy Dionne warwick is next to whoever she was exactly. next to but and he, even he's she a white guy who grew up in like, black oh. he's a white guy who grew up in black church Okay. So he understood the choir process. Yeah. He's, like, he's like, yeah, I was a white boy in the black church. You know what I'm saying? And that's the other thing to your point, uh, Sean and I, about Quincy, that maybe Pharrell, but not many people, like also Quincy just, you know, he found in all these different places the best people at what they did. Yeah. 
Like yeah. that vocal range guy was the best person at what he did. Like but that's, everybody but that's, was the, the best bass player, the best drummer. Like he, the even the lighting guy and the, the agent engineer. in LA who knew everybody. Who can crack And 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 also too like because I think that like think about the engineer right like and I'm not gonna go off on a tangent but. The last few times I've been in sessions, right? Like the engineers seem so um, timid in mm-hmm. the room, right? Like who's telling Cindy Lauper in 1984, "Yo, you too noisy. You got to do that again." There's something, cl-. you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. yeah. So many people would have just left that as is because they didn't want to rock the boat or they wanted to get out. It just I'm showed scared. a measure. It, it showed a measure of getting it right was the most important thing keeping the main Mm -hmm. thing the main thing um and not just getting through it um yeah and that was really the respect that people had you know respect that people had because it's like if you're in this room you're obviously super dope (laughs) so you don't have to like kind of hide your shit yeah you don't have to check ego at the door but like you don't have to hide something that they said with Cindy Lauper part or even at the and we'll move on after this when um, sorry I'm spoiling it but like at the beginning they show Michael Michael sung it first like it it kind of demoed it out so when everybody came in they kind of knew but Michael this is Michael Jackson right he's singing the shit and then at the end he's like how did that sound it's like nigga what are you talking like what are you talking about? How did you sound? Like, you sound like a fucking Boy. angel. But like for him to him to be like, how was that? It's like yeah, showed the the level of respect that he had essential for the engineer. Like how did that sound? Did I do okay? Do you want me to do it again? As opposed to now, would be like I ain't doing that shit no more. Like you know, you can't tell me what to do and all that type of shit. But it's just a great like, like showing deference to someone exactly. who knows a little more than he does about how to make exactly. it sound perfect. Like exactly about that process. That exactly. Also, yeah. he had that shit on. Mike, easy. Mike, low key. If you look backwards, <laughs> Mike had that shit on many, many, many times. Like he wearing shit that niggas is wearing now. Right. All and black, the Captain Crunch jacket. The Ray yeah. Bear Aviators. He was very fresh. Fly. Very fresh. <laughs> very fresh. Yeah. But it was dope. Now you're going to love it. Love the doc when you watch it. I promise you. I'm excited. I wanted to watch good. it. I've been wanting to watch it all week, but these guys. Damn, uh, the fact this teaching shit is like real shit. <laughs> teach, the teaching shit. My is job teaching. getting in the way. You know Listen, my job is getting in the way of my entertainment. <laughs> no, I was saying before. That, the last. Go ahead. I was going to say, I was saying before we started taping that like, okay, so I think listeners know I've been, I was an adjunct professor at the Clyde Davis School of Music last year. I'm a full-time professor this year, but last semester I was co-teaching my classes, which means it was somebody else's syllabus. I took over a couple of class lessons um, or a few class lessons, but I was teaching on somebody else's syllabus, right? This year, I own the two classes that I co-taught last year, which means I redid the syllabus, which is a lot of work for a 14-week class, by the way. But also, every class is two and a half hours, right? Creating a lesson for two and a half hours that's going to be informative, that's going to retain your students' attention, you know, it needs to evolve. You need to have some media in there. You need to have some class exercise in there. You need to have q and A in there. But like, to get, actually mm-hmm. keep them engaged... That shit is not. <laughs> no, I thought no. it was 
Oh, now I'll be rolling the fucking TV. <laughs> Word with the fucking <laughs> <laughs> rolling it in and shit. Like honestly, the way I really just wanted to run the greatest night in pop for my how the music business first night, just let that shit run. But like, I gotta ask them to, you know, and that's the other thing: the balance of like, what do I assign versus what are we covering? Like that type shit. It's a it's a mm. tricky tricks, and I. I'm still learning the pacing of it. So this week and last week was really just kind of kicking my ass and putting my class, my class lectures and lessons together properly um, to make it work. I'm getting, I'm, I'm going to get into a flow though. The other good thing though is like once I create them once, it's just, it's a, matter, it's just a matter of tweaking them for every class. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Lastly, on music, um, well, one quick thing, I posted on my Instagram this week. Um, there's a trend. I think I've mentioned this before. I know I've, I did mention this before, but there's a trend. It's a, grow, a, a kind of a growing trend on TikTok where there's young people who are watching or listening to older music for the first time mm-hmm. and giving their reactions. So I posted a clip of a young black girl listening to um, a song called Too Much Heaven by the Bee Gees. We're watching it, actually watching a video because they performed it live with an orchestra on some television show for the first time. And like, but then there's several clips of people reacting to that clip and the young people just being like, when Barry Gibbs starts to sing it, just the Bee Gees harmonies, the people are like, what? Like, what the fuck am I listening? Like, literally, people. I've seen there's clips of people that just start crying. Like, what am I listening to? Like, I never heard no shit like this before. Like, it, it's just, it's amazing to watch them get that visceral reaction to um, the musicianship of of the BGs. And there's you know there's other artists and stuff they watch too. It's just a very interesting trend. It gives me a lot of hope um, and and excitement for young people to watch older music and really like you know, get into it and, and, and feel it and want, want to dig deeper and, you know, watch more stuff. So it's, it's just a really nice clip. Um, but I was going to, last thing I was going to mention, the TikTok UMG battle. So... Yeah, I um, talked about this in class yesterday. Yeah, TikTok and UMG is Universal Music Group. Uh, TikTok and UMG are at odds right now because TikTok has become a marketing tool, a huge marketing tool in discovery. breaking artists. Yeah, yeah, discovery tool and breaking artists, discovering new artists, discovering songs that work. A perfect example of that is the Money Long single, um, Made For Me, which started as a, you know, she performed it on the Soul Train Awards and everything, but it caught on TikTok as a trend. But from this right. girl, I don't know where she's from actually. Is that she and she was wearing pajamas. Looks like she was in like a Ross or something like that. And she performs that that hooky part, like dancing in the Ross to it. And right. that that trend kicked off and she became the girl in the blue pajamas. And then pe- kids started copying her and then it just became bigger and bigger and bigger. Now the record's number one, number one R and B song now partially hugely due to that this TikTok trend. So TikTok's become a tool for breaking records and and, and rediscovery of old records as well. Um which is great, right? And but UMG but but there's a deal the deal that TikTok and UMG had, um the payment deal, UMG was not happy with it. They were like, right. yo, you you're like kind of making wild bread off of us. We're making some bread, but like we're basically giving you free content. It's not it's, just it's almost that. M- 
it's that, but it's not just that. It's also that. So all the all of these, like, and, and I can speak. I'm, I'm on the burner again for people who don't know. My Twitter account is. Suspended. Oh yeah, free, free my nigga nigh. Right. So I so I feel like I am intimately qualified to speak about DMCA licenses with social media platforms and all this other stuff. Twitter does not have a licensing platform with any of the big three, which is part of the reason why the takedowns happen. Like if you put up a copyright, see if you put up something copyrighted on YouTube or Instagram, they'll just pull the content mm-hmm. and you'll get a warning. And then maybe your account is in jeopardy if you do it repeatedly, but it's not, but with Twitter, the penalty is harsher because they have no deal. Whereas YouTube has a deal, um, Instagram has deals. So like with Instagram, you can go into the music thing and choose something yeah, to the library, mm-hmm. right? And and TikTok now has that as well. And I want to say that UMG was the last to come to the table in twenty one when they actually did it, where you could actually go in and actually choose a song and and it mm-hmm. linked to a stream the way that Instagram and Instagram has or Meta has. But UMG is also the largest catalog rights holder, period. Like The large, largest record company uh, in the world. Well, they're the largest record company in conglomerate, but between the publishing arm and the record company arm, they're the, log- they're the largest catalog rights holder as well. Like, they, they, they own more music than, than anybody. And mm-hmm. so they, mm-hmm. are, they are the tightest. They are the tightest, I can say this firsthand, on... Um, on copyright and licensing, right? So again, keep, keeping in, in mind that they're the largest market share of the of the big three, they said that TikTok only accounted for 1% of their revenue last year, right? So their problem is not just the payment structure. It's also that TikTok does not um, properly have regulations for people who do um, violate the copyright. It's that they mm-hmm. are um tiktok users use ia to fuck up their artists and songwriters music um and there and there are various things right because that's part of the agreement of licensing deals that you're also supposed to police the violations to the copyright and they're saying that tiktok doesn't do that well enough um and i guess and also, and also i mean ai that's AI. Oh, okay. ai sorry i'm sleepy ai and they're also saying that TikTok is asking for some latitude in this contract renegotiation for the licensing deal that they're just not okay with. Um, so that's that's kind of what it came down to. And it's a it's a 30-day thing. Like they're starting to pull content off. It's gonna be a 30-day like kind of window to them actually pulling everything off. Mm-hmm. It's a negotiating tactic. They're expecting TikTok to come to the table. TikTok is expecting them to come back to the table. Um, but what I found interesting was that they put out this really long, very thoughtful, you know, very explanatory going into yeah, all these TikTok. I mean, <laughs> it's partially bullshit, but also TikTok is bullshit. That and that and that really is the problem, right? It's like the battle between discovery and monetization has been happening since since digital became like a whole thing. And Jeff, me and you were probably on the same side. I was fighting legal every day at Sony because my artists are like, Well, you mean I can't put up a snippet. What do you mean I can't put out a sample? Mm-hmm. I can't put out a mixtape. What do you mean I can't? You know what I mean? So it's like me being on the marketing side, which is discovery and awareness, I'm, I was always fighting legal, which is yeah. and rights, right? So it's like, that's what this comes down to and how to walk that line. And that's what most of these 
things come down to, right? Pulling DJ sets off Instagram Live and Twitch and all it mm-hmm. all comes down to like the discovery versus the monetization. But I do think that TikTok is kind of trying to do a little bit of what Facebook does, which is like on the one hand, you want to t- like how Facebook is a news platform, but when they try to be put under certain regulations, they're like, we're just a tech platform. Mm-hmm. I feel like TikTok is trying to do that with music because they're touting that they're like the number two discovery platform. They're touting that most of their users also are on other platforms. It does not always lead to conversion and sales and streams. Not always, because there are also stories of artists no. who like nobody knows them. They know like 15 seconds of their song, right? So it's not of the always, song, yeah. Not always guaranteed conversion. That's the other trick of it. But like TikTok. Also, it's about their, apparently they have a music team. They're about to try to her create like some kind of streaming site of their own, but they don't want. Yeah, of course, they by, are. But they don't want to play by the music rules. I, so I mean, Universal got their shit with them, but I also I'm like TikTok got their shit with them. Yeah, no, nobody, is, nobody's good. Good. Okay, so we're not as a society gathering around the radio or MTV anymore. How mm. do you propose that we discover these things if not via? the socials that were on 12 hours a day. You kind of can't. If you're taking the music away from the things that we're already using. I know, but the problem is, but the problem is balancing, like I said, it's the discovery versus monetization and artists will feel, feel like you stepping over a dollar to get to a dime, which sometimes is the case. But if, if music is primarily living on these platforms, you have to be able to properly monetize it. That's the trick. That's fair. Yeah. But what does that look like? So, so some of, so Universal being the massive label uh, and publishing publisher that they are, some of the artists that are are, are yanked down as of now are Drake, Weekend, Taylor Nikki. Swift, Ariana Grande, Nicki, uh, all Def Jam stuff. So Jay Z, Kanye, Three Two Twenty Two. Um, you know, Big Sean, uh, you know, just, every, um, you know, there's, um, there's a Juice World, there's Kendrick Lamar, because all the, the, the in-scope artists, um, Lady Gaga. I mean, there's, wow. it's, it's endless artists. Uh, yeah, big, had this happened last year during Hip Hop 50, we would have been fucked. Yeah, we would have been, yeah, totally fucked. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, we I, yeah, I don't know. I, you know, it, I feel like it's going to be be worked out at some point because it's going to have to be. I don't know what the terms and stuff will be, but it's kind of interesting that, um, and, and I believe this had to be a strategic thing that Universal pulled this plug right before the Grammys, mm-hmm. um, as a way to kind of hit them. Hit, I don't you know, think it was. Cause... I don't think their their contract expired on the thirty first, so I don't think it was intentionally. Yeah. A Grammy weekend situation. Say, I think it's more of a their fiscal contract, year. Their situation. contract mm. expired on January thirty first, so it was, a, it was a contract. It was it was the contract situation. Um, and again, they're not pulling everything all at once. They are. It's a thirty day like process, sunset process. I guess you want to call it because I mean it's too much catalog. Yeah. Just yank way but too much. Out. But I think they are pulling like the the biggest the biggest things first. The right? big ones, yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, I think I mean it's definitely it's definitely a negotiating tactic, and and that's the conversation I'm seeing happen online is like, does UM like who's going to crack first? Does UMG need TikTok more than TikTok needs UMG? And what's going to happen though is that if people are using like, if people start getting more strikes and their TikTok accounts start getting shut down, and then people will start be you know scared to use it. I think TikTok's going to have to come back to the table. And to me, honestly, 
even TikTok's response to me was like, if I if I wasn't knowledgeable on, on Universal Music Group side, that would have put me on Universal Music Group side because they were Universal did this whole long ass statement. And TikTok was basically like they lying, um, they full of yeah, whatever. Their, their response sounded so catty, and I'm just like, yeah. I but I but I agree with Universal. Like again, I'm saying this to somebody who Universal is largely responsible for me not having my fucking Instagram account. I mean my Twitter account, but like I get there. There has to the thing about tech and this has been the ongoing conversation since fucking napster and limewire and, <laughs> and then with dj drama it's like i i get the music industry does go too hard with like instead of trying to uh, to to roll with the adaptation with the with with adapting to new things trying to actually mm-hmm. get to the we need the it's money trying to shut it down but in know? this case again if this is the primary place where music lives you have to monetize it fairly right yeah. I, I, that's fair like it i do and it's somewhere in between it has to be somewhere in between because i mean shit 30 seconds of music play count as a stream at this point you can play a minute of music on tiktok mm-hmm. do you know what i'm saying it has to be monetized fairly it can't not be again yeah. so some interesting, interesting to see where it goes i'm, I'm you know well, i was gonna keep an eye on it um I wanted to mention um, Keith Lee. Keith Lee's in Dallas, and I've been watching um, his clips in Dallas. By all accounts, looks like he's having a good time. He's giving a lot of people high ratings um, mm-hmm. uh, in South Dallas, where Jonathan Majors is from. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and uh, but it was a thing, a controversy because Keith Lee uh, went to a small uh, oh, food restaurant, truck. food truck, rather, yeah. And he gave gave the woman was a total of eight eight grand, I believe. No, four. No, so no. he gave he gave four her four thousand dollars. So there was a couple. This whole story is confusing. It's not really Keith Lee controversy. Is the it's one. not Keith Lee. It's Keith Lee didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, it's the one. What were you gonna say, Inka? Because you like you ready to jump in? I was in. gonna say it was a pop up situation. The food truck was there. They also had braiders and like a barber out at the scene. The, Outside the parking lot. Right. There is a really, um, there's a lady, I think her name is Sherelle, who uh, does lives at certain pop-ups, like just to get people to come out and, you know, say where she is. She happened to be working for the food truck lady that day. Keith Lee comes to the Mm -hmm. food truck because he sees the live, her live. She's not affiliated with the food truck. Her brother is the barber, whatever. Keith Lee's like, this food. And her brother, let me just say, her brother is the is friends with the son of the person who actually owns the food truck. Yes. Right. The son of the food truck owner had been emailing Keith Lee when, since he found out he was coming to Dallas. So Keith Lee comes, tries the food truck, loves what he sees. You know, the braiding is great. The barbering, congratulations. I'm going to pay for some people's food and give you guys some tips. So he gave mm-hmm. 2000 to the food truck. He gave 1000 to the braider. One thousand mm-hmm. to the barber, and then like eight hundred and sixty dollars, whatever cash he had. Oh, he said he says take eight hundred dollars for, for the people who come after me. Yeah, until that, until, until that until that eight hundred runs out. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, the owner of the food truck, uh, the people that were there were like, okay, let's just swipe this card one time. We're grateful for him to be here. We'll just get the money from you once the crowd crowd dies down. Yada yada. Keith Lee leaves. Food truck owner operator 
long story short, doesn't want to give the money to anyone. Right. So two things happen. One, after three more people in line get free food, she's like, start charging again. Yeah. And so and, and the break and, and the lady from the girl from the live was like, What is you talking about? Like he gave right. eight hundred dollars to pay so for people. So that's the first thing. The second thing is that the girl from the live the next morning calls because I guess they they process via square. She's like, I do business via square. I know like what it takes. So she calls the next morning, like, hey, do you need help for today? Like, do you need me to come down and do the live? Um, and also when she was like, keep my thousand, because she was supposed to get one thousand. But let me know when my brother, when I can get the money from my brother. brother. The lady is like, I don't need no help. Uh, Since your brother doesn't work for me and my son contacted him, I'm going to give my son $1,000 and he can do what he wants to do with it accordingly. So this woman puts those texts up on uh TikTok, Instagram, whatever, does a whole mm-hmm. clip about the whole thing. She breaks the whole shit down. The and lady, she has footage of Keith Lee actually saying, I'm gonna give two thousand to you. And very clearly, like very clearly, camera both both footage with the camera very clear. Footage with the camera in his back. Like we got clear multi-camera shot, right? The lady goes on from the food truck. I don't know what she's thinking about, goes on Instagram live. And she does herself with that. no favors. She tries to say Keith Lee never said that. Everybody's like, it's on camera. We <laughs> fucking saw it. It's on live. Keith and Lee then, himself posted it. Yeah. And, I, yeah. and then she tries to speak to the tip part saying, well, he don't work for me. It don't matter. That's where Keith told you to give the money. But also she never addresses the whole not applying the $800 to the free food shit. So child... Yeah. She don't block her blessing. And I know yeah. that's how Keith Lee probably sees it. He's like, I'm here on appointment from God. God gonna handle it. God made sure she wasn't gonna... That, that shit came out immediately. Like, immediately. Immediately. <laughs> why would you... I'm just that like, money I'm gone, like, too. Why would you show oh, that? Money, that, money, that money long gone. Like, definitely gone. But I'm just like, for, why would you put your ass like that? For, for a lot of us, for a lot of us, um, doing the right thing is always the most important thing. Um, for for some of us, um, five thousand dollars or forty eight hundred dollars is a substantial amount of money um, for a lot of people's situation, and you just start to see the character of people when they have to do the right thing. And to me, the idea that she would even it, there was no need to involve your son. Right. Like your son called dude to come down there. You know, it's very clear that you needed to give him the thousand dollars. Just hit the barber up. Say, yo, send me your information. We get this out to you. Right. Like she basically she didn't just burn her business down, like because business is open and closed. Like that's that's inconsequential to me. But just showing showing yourself as a person of such poor moral character right like such no like, like no like zero like zero like there's a nastiness there's a there's a violence like, scarcity that's mindset that Thinking you'll like, never come across this type of money ever the again. whole thing is that your business is now gonna pick up in theory so why right. are you sorting this first little bit here's the thing here's the thing even if she even if her business never picked up from Keith Lee. 
he told her, he was explicit in his direction mm-hmm. to her. It was the right thing to do. And instead of, you know, literally doing the right thing, like that, that, that is such a, that is such an important thing to me as, you know, for people, like when I see people, even when they're not fucking me over, when I see them fucking people over, like that is such an indicator. Yeah, you know what it is. Just poor, like you're you know just what a it is. fucking, you're a fucking scumbag. You're a fucking scumbag. Yeah. Whether it's a thousand dollars, whether because the money is all relative, right? Like we can say, oh, it's not that much money. You know, people people fuck people over all the time, right? For for various amounts of money, and that's an that's a relative and subjective thing about what is a lot mm-hmm. of money. But like to me, for her to get on live, she doesn't address that. And then she does this very, she does this very thing that we do. And by, by we, um, I mean us, <laughs> right? Which is, you know, <laughs> God, God told me, no, no, no. God ain't tell you nothing about keeping them people's money. I, 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 I say with, I say with one hundred percent. God definitely did certainty. it because God told Keith one thing, and Keith said it to you. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going with yeah. Keith's message from God was over your message from God. Over Amen. your shit. Amen. I tell you that exactly. God ain't tell you to not pass that blessing on and keep men from the Well, God ain't tell you that. You, and when you do that to people, not only does it impact your business, but it also just like to me, like yo, you never know where you're going to be in life. And I'm not about to dive into being in a preachy space but you never know what your situation in life is going to be and no. you alienate anyone for something that is rightfully theirs because you wanted to keep it can really be such it's such a detrimental thing like this is why i'm for banishing niggas from the community like when you when you when you're those Word, kind of niggas like I'm just not like we not fucking with you. You fucking with them. I'm not fucking with you. Yeah, like, you can't be in here with the rest of us. Fuck yeah, out. you you just yeah. can't. You can't, my nigga, because you mm-hmm. are, like mm-hmm. that type of behavior. You definitely be stealing Big Mama's social security. You definitely yeah. uh, 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 be in mm-hmm. her change purse when she ain't. And looking. you eat the last of the fucking pot roast and don't say and nothing. And you and you eat the last of the pot roast, my nigga. <laughs> when you have. <laughs> A pan of pot roast given to you, right? Like it's that sort of gluttonous. Because even if she had debt, even if she was in substantial or significant financial turmoil, right? It is still the right thing to do, right? You you right. do mm-hmm. the right thing, man. She would have made and that keep, money and back like you in said, two days. Like, easy, it, yeah, ten, tenfold, tenfold, tenfold. You know, and which uh, and I was going to say, there's another lady, and I'm sorry. Totally blank on her name. She had a a, 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 a dessert kind of spot. Well, actually, but actually, mm-hmm. so tried chicken as well. <laughs> and she had written Keith a note, and Keith went there, and you like immediately you could see that woman's heart, which was beautiful. Yeah. Like she starts crying when Keith comes in. Like she's overwhelmed. First of all, the Keith said her her food was uh, the the cake and the uh, sweet potato. She calls it a sweet potato fang. Because it's not really a sweet potato pie, right. a sweet a potato, gram, but, but a graham crust. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. He said this shit. And Keith, Keith always says, I'm not a sweets guy. But yeah. he was like, I'm not a sweets guy. But this shit here is incredible. I love, I love their, I love his face. You always know when. Yeah, you always know. Something is amazing. Like his <laughs> eyes roll back. Exactly. Like yeah. he, he turned his head to the face. side. He look at his wife. He yeah. be like, 
You need to try. You know what I mean? I, I love you to try this. Yeah, yeah so, so he came in. Like, if he says if this is a for sure you write on, yeah. just know exactly. you're not going to be able to get in like, that restaurant under three hours for the rest of the exactly. year. Exactly. Exactly, and, and so so the way the woman's over. Then he, when he goes in, they discover that she also sells fried chicken because she doesn't really advertise that. And right. he tastes the chicken, and they're like, "This is the best chicken I've had since I've been in Dallas." Right? So they so it's just a beautiful thing. And then I, I don't know if you saw like she she went on, I think it was I think it was Facebook Live today for the first time ever or TikTok, one of the two. And she's got her, her girls and stuff behind her, and they're trying to explain to her what you know what her scrolling things means. And she's like, "It's going too fast. I can't. I can't really read it. I, what they're saying." And, and you can see she's just, she's just a beautiful person. And she says she and she says like our you know our orders because like she does like you know weddings and stuff like that. She's like this shit is off the hook. Like it's like it's, it's incredible. So you see the two sides of the coin with the one, first woman who. You know, didn't even want to pay her people, and this uh, the second woman who, you know, she said she was struggling. She only, you know, had a couple couple customers that day, and now she's about to get blessings on blessings. So I, 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 I'm enjoying this whole Keithley, um, the whole Keithley experience. You know, I really, really, um, yeah. really look forward to him going to different cities and, and you know how to interact with him. Um, I wanted to also mention, um. Oh, so did you see in New York about these immigrants beating up this cop? No. What? So there's there was, there's about five there was it looked like about five or six uh, Im, uh migrants. They found that they were Venezuelan. They were in Times Square, and I don't know what happened previous, but there's footage of them fighting a cop, and they they beat the shit out of this cop. They like kicked him in the head, like Damn. they beat the hell out of him. They caught they caught the dudes though, and. They show them um, leaving the, the precinct because, like you know, with the New York shit, you don't have to you get you get out right away you know, mm. with the no bond thing. Um, and these dudes is like totally, totally like fuck y'all. They like hold their fingers up to the camera. They're like fuck y'all and no speaking English. You know what I'm saying? They, they talking shit like it's it's. I, I, I'm I'm saying all that to say like with the migrant situation in New York, I sadly predict there's going to be a lot more of this type of shit because they, you know, they're, they're here, they're off the books, you know, they, you know, and you know, there's no, not really any opportunities for, for them to kind of go into mainstream society. So, oh, cause last week they busted a whole bunch of brothels in, in Queens. So they're starting to kind of do this underground black market crime to make, well, to make their money. And they're not, let me, let me, let me just say this. The whole thing in Queens is separate and apart to some degree from the migrant situation. Um, from what I've been reading and from what I've heard from people in Queens, particularly in these areas, that there has become a far more blatant open air um, sort of sex market in a lot of these um, massage parlors and things like that. And it had gotten to mm. the point where it was like, yeah, it was it was like very weird, like people walking their kids home from school and they're just like, you know, basically, yeah. women, you know, standing outside and, you know, sort of propositioning people and things. You know, It just it had gotten out of control. Now, I'm not sure mm -hmm. if those are migrant people that are um, working in there. I'm not sure if those are um, people from Asia that have come over um, that are working in there. Mm -hmm. But those 
but 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 that strip is not new. What I'm saying is, is that okay, strip is, okay. that, that, that strip that's is where long, you go. That strip that that whole underworld has long been happening before this um migrant um situation, right? Which is maybe explosion, years old, the migrant right? explosion like, a, or like a four like a four yeah. year old thing. But the increase in activity probably speaks to the economic like scarcity of the lower class that is living in New York now. I think it I think for that particular situation, it's like more of um, you know, you got a lot of day laborers, right? You have a lot of people that operate in cash. You have yeah, you 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 know, um, so I'm saying there there's probably a correlation. Right, I, mean, I, got I, don't my think, I don't think it's a causation, is what I'm saying. Like it's yeah. it's you know, that yeah. that world has operated and, and listen. It'll continue to operate because I can I assure say, you. But I was about to say a, this has been going on forever. It is, but also there, up in the Washington Heights, if there's brothels, you gotta kind of know. This is a hard conversation in New York to me. To like, it's kind of wild to see the mayor of New York talk about migrants and stuff because New York is an immigrant city, right? Like everybody's a migrant. Everybody's a migrant in New York. Like you have, yeah. you have whole communities in New York that constantly have an influx of family coming in from other countries, you know, doing mm-hmm. that kind of, you come in, get established, the next person come in, get established. Mm-hmm. Like, so it, it, it is funny to me to hear New Yorkers be like, it's the migrants, it's the, it's the, it's the illegals, it's the whatever. Cause I'm like, that's fucking half the city. So that said, yeah. though, it is scary hours in New York. I, you know, I'm on transit more than I've been, in years, because even pre-pandemic, I was Ubering a lot. And it's just it's just easier for me because I work in Brooklyn and stay in Harlem to just take the A straight down. But between coming in and out of Penn, um, traveling back and forth, and then just being on the subway, it's, I can't remember the last time shit was like this unhinged in random pockets of, of the city. We, we were in New York for two days and the amount of like unsheathed dicks that i saw <laughs> in the street was like, absolutely appalling there's a lot of dick out action going on <laughs> Random. Hey, yo, pause. It's a lot of i was like, like damn Are when i came that- when i came in monday morning like <laughs> 11 noon maybe there's a woman that on the old Amtrak side in Penn Station, she's like rolling around on the floor, or they, because I'm, they, they might have been a trans person, I'm not sure. We're rolling around on the floor, like with the, rubbing on the titties and the shirt coming up and whatever. There was that. Then there's somebody on the train. There's always somebody on the train. So it's not just a regular quote unquote bums on the train or unhoused on the train anymore. They'd be motherfuckers talking to themselves. Definitely like being and like I used to be able to ignore people talking off to on the steps, but it's like the they targeting us towards other people. It's people I saw somebody smoking crack on the steps of 145th Street last week. Like it's just so much. Like I was in Great. CVS last week. This woman was having a full breakdown, and I she looked like she was. I, I had my head on the crazy swivel because I was like, she looked like she about to run up on somebody with this. Like she was talking mm. out loud, cussing people out. Like it's so, like my like. I have always had a sense of alertness because I spent my entire my family's from New York, my family's from the Bronx. I spent my entire mm-hmm. adult life in New York, but I have never been as 
felt as kind of unsteady, right? It's like sensory on I, edge. I, I can I don't mean yeah. to I don't mean to jump in on you, but I, I know exactly what you're trying to say. Yeah. There's a sensory overload and you feel mm-hmm. like you almost need a little bit of a reset. And this is from people who are native New Yorkers. This is not yeah. we are not we're not uncomfortable in crowds and things of that nature, but like the 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 uncertainty that right. you kind of feel in that crowd there's an energy that's just kind of floating and like um you know jordan took the train the other day like she was in the city and when i tell you it was i i i mean i could not rest like i just could not rest and i'm thinking okay i'm hope this is the amount of hypervigilance I feel as a special needs mom with a kid who is in lo- an elopement risk. Right, right, right. Constant, absolutely exhausting. Unless we're like home yeah. in the same room, I am feeling a level of stress that is mm-hmm. like, you know, people have done studies and said it's combat levels. I and this is true. That. And that's, and the, that's like, what I felt in New York. In New York, but that's without her with like, it feels like the rules that New Yorkers used to have, like you, you have certain rules in public, like somebody's, somebody's tweaking on the train. You can kind of ignore it. You kind of know there's a certain danger zone that's programmed. Mm-hmm. In us, right. Like at this point I need to start watching out. And I don't, I, I feel like the rules have changed. I don't know the danger zones anymore. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I'm not, I don't trust yeah. that the things I used to be like, I can ignore that until it comes closer or escalate or escalates to this level or until I hear these keywords I can ignore. I don't trust that anymore, if that makes yeah. sense. Mm-hmm. So it's like and it's and it is, it's tight. Cause I was even thinking this week, like, like Jason doesn't like me being on the train. But again, I work I work at J Street. The A comes right to my building. The mm-hmm. A right on my block. It makes sense. Instead of mm-hmm. Ubering yeah. back and forth from Brooklyn, which is like Plus that's dumb expensive. Yeah. Yeah. It's like $40 a pop. But this week I was like, ooh, I don't know. Because it's also winter time, which means everybody's inside and everybody's in the subway in these enclosed. I'm like, "Mm, I might have to Mm. rethink this shit because like the person ranting to themselves on the train, like they are really trying to engage other people now. They're really trying, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's it's different out here. It doesn't even feel like it felt like when I was a kid. You know what I'm saying? Like it just feels different out here. It feels it's like the yeah, inner, scary man. So yeah, but to see to see the, to see the the um and you guys you know, when you get a chance it's it's so on you know YouTube you can see the clips but just to see the defiance of mm-hmm. those Venezuelan guys was like okay there's 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 more of that in the migrant community they're defiant now they're like we don't give a they basically like we don't give a fuck yeah we beat that cop oh, ass so well, fuck what you know, go well, ahead bro. Well, I'm sure that this is not uncommon in their native um, space. Exactly. Um, also, um, they've been, you know, uh, and this is not, I'm, I'm not looking to point any political blame here, but they've been living in not great situations, right? Like there's a measure of stress. And probably being harassed with, by cops too. You know? Yeah. And there's, a, and there's a measure of stress that comes with your living condition, right? Like fucking five people in a one room hotel. You know what I'm saying? You you got to figure out with the kids. You got to get up in the morning. You got. I think you have to leave out of that hotel at a certain point for for like during the day. All mm-hmm. of those sorts of things like that, and and just 
this thing not being what you thought it was, right? Like I'm pretty sure yeah. they all thought that they were going to come here. They were going to be, you know, treated with some level of um, dignity and access. And they are probably not um, getting what they were sold on. Um, and, you know, they, you know, it's, it's, it's not this land of milk and honey. I think that they thought that they were walking into. And so there is right. eventually a powder keg is going to happen. Also with the police, like you said, mm-hmm. could there be, could there be police harassing them? Sure. Because we know the NYPD is notorious for that. There could also be police enforcing um, sort of coordinates and laws and things that that are on the books of like congregating, being and loitering, and mm-hmm. you know, move along, move over there, and you go over there. And like, yeah, the, the the cop told me to come over here, and now you told me to go over there. Like, and I've dealt with that on a, a very minute level. So imagine dealing with that every day, all day. Just you also said it was Times Square, right? It's Times Square. Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's a whole other level of hell. That's 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 what I'm saying, right? Like so. So you're you're basically telling these people to move around where they don't really have any place else to go, mm-hmm. right? They're, they're really kind of I don't want to say confined because that's a very strong word, but like they don't they haven't figured out where their enclaves are. Like a lot of those places for Venezuelans and things of that nature, it's probably out in Queens. Queens, you know, maybe yeah, Queens, definitely Queens. Maybe there's some Astoria place or yeah, some exactly. enclave. That shit is a that shit is a journey from Times Square if you're Hell yeah. a foreigner, right? Especially like if you don't know is, where you're going. That's what it's I'm really saying. Like that shit is, the fuck? That, shit's a, that shit's a journey, dude. Yeah, yeah. So it's gonna be uh gonna be interesting but to see how this how something, something's forward. something's gonna give and absolutely I can, this, I can say this with certainty. Um it will it will not be given on the NYPD's behalf. Yeah. So that's you can true. take that hey, Take that how yeah. you want to take it. Because, yeah. Yeah, the fact that they beat that cop up, um, you know, might be um, a quick, uh, what's, what's the word looking for? Like, it, it, it made, made you feel good right now. But trust right. me, you're going to pay in the long run for doing that shit. Yeah, but that also, shit's crazy. Like, the other, but the other side of this is, you know, Adams' answer to everything is just like, it, I knew Adams was going to feel like a Giuliani administration. I didn't know how much it was going to feel like a Giuliani administration. His answer to everything is just like, there's cops every fucking where. There's cops every fucking where. But it doesn't actually seem to change anything. That's the thing. It's just a bunch of fucking cops. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, a bunch of cops that just, a bunch of cops that are making arrests and then they they blame bail reform. And I believe that there's some validity to some of the bail um, issues. Um, but I just think that Adams knows that this is his way back into Gracie Mansion. He knows his his best way to win is to basically turn this shit into Gotham City and then be mm-hmm. the hero, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. it's 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 very old school in terms of politics. Um, yeah. He has these yeah. problems, like like the MTA spending like a hundred and fifty million dollars. It was some ridiculous ass overtime number and when you did the math i think they might have arrested like fucking 1900 fair evaders right which is like you're spending you're spending more money than a fair yeah like you spent 150 million dollars to what prevent like 
twenty like thousand people for not paying like, two seventy five. Like, yeah, right. Like, yeah. What are we, we doing? <laughs> yeah. As, as Sean would say, what are we doing? It's crazy, man. Um, last thing I wanted to mention is uh, well, actually, before that, um, um, I don't know what y'all been watching. I watch. I'm in the middle of Griselda right now, um, which is a series on Netflix. Uh, starring so- Sophia, what's it? Sophia, Sophia Vergara. Yeah, and who's actually really that good. That lady, her things. She's so really good. Like, she deserves some awards. She is fucking yeah. excellent in this thing, man. She's killing it. Um, She's you know, a good-looking woman, but she's definitely, like, got makeup and stuff on to not be as good-looking as she naturally is because Griselda, you know, respectfully, was not a, an attractive woman, even though she was a powerful woman and obviously used her sexuality when she needed to to get ahead. But um so Sophia's not like a glamorous chick in this thing. Like she's like um they call her the they call her the godmother now. Like she's just a hard hard body um it's kinda like Scarface but on the woman's side. And but true. You know what I'm saying? Like how she came here from another country and you know and, and decided to make it any way she could. So I'm like halfway in, but it's really it's really Really well done yeah. television. Um, yeah, I'm really enjoying that. Um, what you what y'all watching? Uh, or you're watching anything? I just complete blank. I don't know. I watch. I've been watching. I've been watching. Um, Tacoma FD on um What's that? Netflix. It's like a, I, you know, I I really enjoy a a good half hour sitcom, like a just okay. a, a dumbass, brainless, mindless sitcom. So I've been watching that. It's basically it's think of like Parks and Rec, but in the fire department, like Brooklyn so okay. Nine Nine kind of. It's Brooklyn, vibe. yes, Brooklyn Nine Nine, Parks. It's that sort of energy, just in the fire department. So I watched all of those um, mm-hmm. episodes. Um, I did watch Griselda, um, Transparency. Yeah, I watched. Well, I watched Griselda early on. Um, Mona actually did an event for Griselda, oh, so they okay. sent us. The a code to sort of watch it early. Um, I enjoyed it. I thought they did a really good job at um, being, you know, sort of blending in the accurate, sort of easily trackable news footage um, mm-hmm. of what was really mm-hmm. happening then. I think that they were two things. I think I think that they were being very generous um, with making her uh, not as bad as I think she actually was, like in real life. Um, yeah, she was brutal. She was brutal. Uh, there were there were a lot of murders, man. There were a lot yeah. of murders. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know this was, and and um, I think that they definitely sort of shrunk the sex fueled coke parties into sort of this one event. <laughs> yeah, when mm. it was when I think that it was more like. This was like a, fr- a Friday night or a Saturday yeah. night that was popping. This is like a thread. marketing tool. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's what, it's, you know, this is what we do. And listen, in their fairness, in their fairness, back in 1982, if you was rich and you were storing cocaine, you were probably doing all of the same shit. In Miami? Hell yeah, Saturday you were. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. shit, Miami, New York, Chicago. Yeah, DC. Chicago, D.C., <laughs> wherever, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, I want to mention Love on the Spectrum, um, which is oh, how was I, I was I was thinking about doing that. I was thinking about doing that. How was it? 
it is incredible. Um, first of all, I love to watch autistic people speak for themselves because so often someone else is telling their story. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is their, the show is about, um, I think eight or 10 autistic adults who are now looking for love and kind of what that looks like. And okay. it is so pure. And so for me, of course, I identify with the moms and how, even though this is like my adult child, like you still, it's hard to not be the helicopter because people take advantage mm-hmm. of people who don't, are given the opportunity to speak for themselves. Um, so just seeing them kind of put themselves out there and what that requires of them socially, mentally, physically, the changes they kind of go through. And then kind of at a base level seeing like, oh, they just horny like us. Like they just, you know. They're, they're adults. Right. They just trying to get somebody to share their life with too. Not that I, that was a revelation for me, but just seeing it play out it's so it's like magical and of course abby and david which are like the sweethearts of the show they've been together for a little over two years and just how pure their love is and like how Mm. he is financially stable and is like making her dreams come true is really it's just special to watch like if you have Mm -hmm. a few hours to kill like definitely take a look okay we'll check it out um, lastly, just wanted to mention Nikki Haley's appearance on The Breakfast Club. Um, and fuck Charlemagne for that. And I'm putting it on Charlemagne because Envy's not smart enough to have that much to do with this. <laughs> that nigga's an and, and, and I don't give a fuck. Yeah. You know what else? You know what else? Irked, irked, I agree with you, Nye, but you know what else irked me about that? And this wasn't a surprise to me, but it shows that Charlemagne and there's other people out in the media like him where they kind of skim politics, right? They don't really dig deep in it. And they have these kind of sound bites and these things that they always kind of say when nobody's there to kind of challenge it and they're talking. But when you when you come upon, like a, a hater, Nikki Haley is a skilled politician. Like, right, that we know we can admit that. I'm not... I'm not saying I agree with anything she says, but she is an actual skilled part. You don't get to be the governor and not be a skilled politician. And when, you, when you're dealing with people like that and you got people like Charlemagne, again, who just kind of skim in and do like little talk show um, appearances and stuff like that, going against a skilled politician, and the skilled politician just steamrolled him because he doesn't have the depth to really have a back-and-forth legitimate debate with her about some of her policies and her issues. Like, even when she said the thing about, you know, the country didn't get divided till, till Obama got in office, which is obviously is ridiculous. But he didn't really have a pushback for it. He was just kind of like, oh, that was just the right-wing media. It's like, bro, yeah, that, just the a cognitive million- dissonance it requires for you to not go by your ethnic name and say that sentence and mean it. Exactly. Is- and, why, and, why, and why wouldn't you not bring that up? You know, it, why did you, your name is Nimrata. Why did you change your right. whole name and basically your whole persona to become right. the governor if there wasn't racism pre, pre-Obama? Like, it was always, I, I was almost like he should have had, I wish he would have had like at least Angela Rye like sit in that day. Right. Somebody who's but, actually in politics who could really go back. But see, but this is the thing, right? Having Nikki, the both sidesism, both sidesism is never work. actually about asking the other side any hard questions. It actually is just mm-hmm. about giving the other side air. And 
I don't think they ever would have. The whole reason Nikki's on that show was to just give her a platform to talk some shit. My thing is this. Yep. There is no reason for The Breakfast Club, which is an entertainment platform, which is not an actual journalism platform or a news media platform. It's not fucking meet the press. It's not, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's The Breakfast Club. There's no reason to have Nikki Haley on the fucking Breakfast Club if you are not on some level, working to advance the in the interests of the right. There's no reason. There's no reason. Black people don't need to hear from Nikki Haley. She means us no good. Like, um, there are so many things he could have. He could have asked her about, like, her objecting to the fucking Confederate flag coming off the Capitol. But, like, there's so many different things as a South Carolinian that I can say that he could. And, and him also as a fucking South Carolinian. I have to say, he's from you the state. Like, <laughs> the worst. There are two things, a couple things, actually. One of the things that really bothered me is a fake smart nigga, right? Like a fake smart nigga is a terrible nigga because he's he's because he doesn't know what he doesn't know. And he pretends and he's like faking it till he makes it right. And so they get buzzwords. And still listen to him. Yes, they get buzzwords and they get all of these sorts of things and they kind of sound smart. But the reality is is that this Mm isn't his space. This just isn't his space. This is, this is, you know, quite frankly, above his pay grade. Um, and that's okay, yep. right? And, yep. and, and the other thing is, I think that there needs to be a concerted effort and a push for us to make politics a bit more palatable in our community because the idea that niggas are listening to Charlemagne the God and DJ MV who's under a fucking Rico charge right now for (laughs) political advice or how they're going to swing their vote is, is more problematic than the fact that them Mm -hmm. niggas think that they're equipped to handle that conversation. But here's the problem with that. And you're right, Sean, but here's the problem. We are in an era where the people who actually are qualified to talk politics and, and the actual politicians are dismissed as sellouts or sheep or mm-hmm. whatever. Like they are like they will listen to a Charlemagne before or they will only listen to an Angela Rye because she's standing next to a Charlemagne, right? Because the problem next is Charlemagne. If, yeah. if you say things that make too much sense. They'd be like, "Oh, you not? Oh, you sleeping? Oh, you not radical?" And, and here's and here's the they thing: they want to hear some bullshit. They want to hear mean, some bullshit. I don't mean to cut you off, but, but yeah, I think that we we've, we've definitely gotten into an affirmation, not information stage of how we collect data. But I also just want to point out too that what pissed me off with Charlemagne was that he has no problem with going back and forth with people, right? So this is not about his his interview style being more like, hey, I'm going to just throw this softball out there and let you go. He interjects all the time, right? And the fact that he didn't do that here just, you know, really goes to show you how how much he doesn't really know. And what I think is how 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 much he lacks the confidence yeah, to but be also, able to do that. I think, but also I think... And not to sound like a conspiracy theorist, I think also that there was an agenda at hand. Oh, he definitely. I don't think, I don't think he was meant to combat her. You know what I'm saying? That's that's that is that is 100 that is 100 percent the case. 
I think the issue with a guy like that is that I don't I don't think he's smart enough to know that that's you know what I'm saying. He does, he does think yeah. he's smarter than he is, and I and I said this on Twitter the other week that like every time people start talking about Charlemagne being an op, I think about how he used to say when the Breakfast Club that was first blowing up, his little thing was nobody can stop the plans that the white man has for me, right? And there was an mm. article. Um, written some time ago about why a certain enclave of white media owners have decided that Charlemagne can be a designated spokesperson. Is the one. Yeah, because yes, Charlemagne got Breakfast Club and Revolt and stuff, but Charlemagne has also had all these looks on different, you know, outlets, platforms. He has his Mm -hmm. own media network. You don't get that just through black folks, right? And like, there, there is this thing where it's like, okay, we can, we can let Charlemagne do it, and it's like, yeah, because because people be seeing Charlemagne, you know, rolling around with like my son and them. You think, you think he's for the people, like it, you think, but uh, yeah, no. But Not, he also had Tommy. He also had Tommy learn on The nigga don't vote. Like, I never understand why people want to hear from niggas who don't vote about what we should be doing in politics. I don't. I, he he's a Jehovah's Witness. They don't they don't believe in politics. Like I don't. It's just it's so Completely many. Completely forgot that he was a J Dub. Wow. It's so many things wrapped up in it. Where I'm like, why are we listening to this? Thing? You know, him and Joe Budden is the same shit because you have a certain cadence and tone of voice, and you're smarter than the other niggas in the room. You think they're just yeah. Smart. That don't mean you're a smart. Because nigga. you got wordplay. Yeah. Doesn't mean you actually know what the fuck you're talking about. Yeah. Sorry, that's my rant. I'm just I'm concerned. I'm concerned no, because the our media literacy, our actual literacy, like our ability yeah, you to mentioned that. still bullshit is so in the toilet. And I don't think we swing back up until we, we crash. And it's scary to me, especially during an election year, you know? I also think it takes a level of humility and intelligence to bow out of a conversation by saying, I don't know enough about that and yeah. I don't participate in this, so let me not speak on it. That's and Charlie that, does not possess that, that. Some shit is above your fucking pay grade. All you right. do not understand the ins and outs of it in such an intimate way that allows you this woman has been a governor she's been an ambassador she's been a part of policies that i'm mm-hmm. sure he would have been able to pull up she has had um there's been significant differences that you know uh, changes in south carolina since she was the governor there were mm-hmm. a ton of things he could have addressed now she, she she's had significant losses that she's taken mm-hmm. what is she like there right. were just a bunch of different ways that he could have gone about that but instead he let her spew a clip about Obama and didn't cut her off. He didn't stop it, nope. right? He gave because her an infomercial. He, yes, that's literally all he did to a bunch of impressionable young voters. And I think that, um, you know, the, the, the idea that this was also just sort of allowed. Like, now watch, if there is, if, if for any reason someone decides to go up there from the Democratic side, I can assure you, he will be as combative he as gonna you've be on ever ass. seen. Oh yeah, he, yeah. As you've ever yeah, seen. He'll go crazy. Yep. But yep. you know, you know um, that white man, it, ice is colder. Ice is colder, exactly. Um, when to end the uh, show talking about uh, Nikki and Meg having a 
so-called beef or battle or whatever you want to deem it as. Um, I feel like this is just Nikki's beef. Yeah, this is Nikki. Somebody, I saw a girl yeah, on TikTok today. Had a room. Yeah, was, you know, yeah, she was. Uh, I saw a girl on TikTok today made a great analogy, and she said the Nikki and Meg um, beef issue, whatever you want to call it, is very similar to a black woman, an, el- an elder black woman in corporate America who always shits on the younger ones. Yeah. That's kind of and, what it is. And she said that that black woman came in there and it was tough for her. You know, things were, were different when she first came in and she went through a lot of shit and nobody downplays or doesn't recognize that. So with that black this in that case, black woman, well, I'm, I'm using women just because Nikki and Meg are right. uh, the, we talk about, but this is black people. I don't want to make it a woman thing. About older black yeah, ladies. this is black yeah. people. So the, at that point, black elder black people in corporate America used to do one of two things. Either they decide, I'm not going to, I'm going to do what I can do. I might have to do it covertly, but I'm going to do what I can do to help out other black people and and or minorities coming in here and kind of give them some game Mm -hmm. so they might not have to go through the bullshit I went through. Or they do what Nikki's doing to Meg, which is, I'm going to pledge the fuck out of you. I'm going to make you kowtow and bow down to me because of what I went through. And even though you, you're young, you're sharp. Mm-hmm. I, instead of instead of um, embracing that, right. I'm going to use it against you because right. I want you to know if it wasn't for me, your fucking ass wouldn't have been here. And that's so kind of what Nikki does. To, to Nikki's done that to Meg, to, to Lotto, to but, that's not, but it's not quite that. And I, it, it's, 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 it's a, I'm splitting hairs a little bit. It's not quite that. It's close though. It definitely is like the elder black woman in a space to the younger black woman in a space. But what Nikki is doing is Nikki is the elder who was the special one for a long time. She was the pet. Yeah. She didn't have, she didn't actually have to. Well, yeah, the, 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 the girl said that in her analogy. Yeah. She didn't have to claw her way. She have to over, like she had like, they, like she was deemed you're different than the others. You're the pet. And she ran her predecessors off. Right. So now mm-hmm. my thing is like, because Nikki, came to fame in that in that era where it's like we could only have one black woman in each space we could only have Beyonce we could only have it was like Beyonce Rihanna and Nikki were the only three women black women in music mm-hmm. who could cross back and forth to pop and do all this other shit right and Before she was the only rapper right and she was the only one like the the only other rapper female rapper getting any pop radio hot 100 real airtime was fucking Iggy Azalea or whatever right the black girls were all in niche or they bubble and then kind of fall off Remy's in jail Kim's in jail and then is building her family Mm -hmm. you know Foxy's where the fuck Foxy's Missy's dealing with health issues like everybody else is off the scene right for better or worse so Nikki just has this space all to herself and I think that because her ascent to her meant that the people who came before her had to be has-beens or be off the scene. She does not now know how to be in the space of being the legacy act. That's why she keeps talking mm-hmm. about stuff like replacing me. Instead of instead of being like, you know, an elder stateswoman and embracing and making room for and encouraging and giving less, she ain't got no lessons to give because she didn't None. embrace from anybody else, right? Like nope. she and, and, and then to watch 
to to watch a lotto or Meg or um, Doja or or Ice Spice or whoever become successful without her. Without the that kills her. She's like, wait a she minute, you motherfuckers is, is getting no more records. You didn't have to. You didn't, yeah. even, you didn't come even have to call to me. me to help you. And the thing is, like, she's fine as long as you kiss her ring. Like, she feels like they have to exactly. pay patronage, right? right. But right. as soon as you actually like the thing with her and Meg, her and Meg became an issue because Meg also was rocking with Cardi. You know what I'm saying? Like, the first Cardi, time, yeah. And as soon as Ice Spice does a collaboration with somebody else, I'm sure that's going to be the case. Same shit. She needs patience. And that's what happened with Lotto. Lotto did a record with Cardi, and that was a problem. And that was a problem. The thing that Nicki is missing, though, is like, how do you consider these people your competition, but they don't consider each other, they don't consider themselves competition? That doesn't make, you know what I'm saying? You the only person looking at this shit like it's a competition. And the thing is that the landscape for women in hip hop is broader and more diverse than it literally has ever been. Ever. Mm -hmm. A little bit of everything. Not everybody. Is popping on the same level, but you got a little bit of everything. And she does not know how to share space graciously because she didn't coming up share space graciously. She thinks Mm -hmm. it can only be one supreme. And that's so, so she is the older lady in corporate or the matriarch of the family, but but she, but she's not the one who had to claw her way to get there. She's the one who everyone always told was special and exceptional. And she can't deal with the fact that there are other people who can be in her special, exceptional place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, also, like the bars. Life is so crazy. Yeah. That is also part of it, too. She got some shit to sort out. I think yeah. uh, the way that she puts a battery in the back of the barbs is Bad. dangerous. Yeah. Frankly, it's dangerous. And it they're is, doxing. It is, it is dangerous. dangerous. And it's going to take someone getting hurt and Nikki being named as an offended. Mm-hmm. And that for her to really understand and realize it. Well, they doxed a few lawyers. Yeah. And I'm watching the TikToks. Oh, really? And the TikToks are naming the yeah. people. They're and naming because the doxing is not a crime everywhere, but the harassment that results from it is that we can there is evidence to point to a Rico because you're inciting this. Mm. You're inciting this. Coordinated. It's coordinated. They're coordinating. They're disseminating information. And then these things are happening to people. So she might want to chill. There's already legal stuff going on in her house. Like a lot. I don't know how she's going to continue to make money without relationships. Well, that's the other thing, right? She already... So a lot of people are saying, I'm talking complete shit, as we say here. I'm... This is Allegedly. This is the point at which I'm talking complete shit. This is speculation. This is speculative. Views expressed by Naima Cochran. But there is a theory. There is a theory. No, it's not even a theory. Like a lot of what she's saying tends to actually feel, it feels like it's about Jay. Right? Yeah. Did you see see, um, um, Azalea Banks Banks clips? Yeah, I did. And I I hate to say it. I didn't watch the whole thing. I didn't watch the whole thing. She made it up but but she, she made, made a point. But I was, but people were already saying this. My guess, my guess, Nikki is Nikki is in a situation kind of similar to Kanye, where they are now in a camp of what we call unmanageable. There are certain artists that are unmanageable, meaning no matter who they got mm-hmm. around them, no matter who it is, they're not going to listen. They're not going to take advice. They're going to do whatever the fuck they want to do, and they're going to fight you on it if they don't agree. So Nikki is now unmanageable. My guess is that there has been a point where Nikki has gone on to Jay or Jay Brown or somebody about being managed by Rock Nation and they've been like absolutely the fuck not. 
Because yeah, no. yeah, her brand, think about it, aside from the Barbie song, when have you seen Nikki do anything with a brand deal? Anything. Like, she's not yeah. currently super marketable. And that You see one, Meg getting all kind of commercials. All kind of <laughs> shit. And now, and Cardi. And that one... Um, and Car- oh, Cardi kills it. Yeah. And that one, this blogger, Ken Barbie, who mm. Nikki yeah. called out in one of her lives, this motherfucker pulled up all Nikki's LLCs and how many different uh PPP loans her. Huh? All like all these claims against her for like bad deals for debt. I mean, like it was like 10 different, it was all kind of Barbie and Pink Paradise and Barbie something and Nikki something. All these LLCs, but like, oh, all kind of people, all kind of money, right? For not fulfilling contracts or something like that. Like she's in a bad space and she's projecting because yeah, we're she's totally projecting. I, and I, I'm really curious to see how her tour sales are doing soon. Yeah, and she's made like said, she's watching Meg, who's already already won Grammys, and um, but I'm sure will be on the Grammys this weekend at least as a presenter. And you know, uh, was just on Saturday Night Live with uh, did Meg even artists. perform at the Oscars? Or yeah. Something like that. Yeah, she got obviously got commercials out and she got the Planet Fitness deal and Good Morning America. And like, she's like, what the fuck? You know, and then, like you said, seeing all the stuff, we we don't have enough time to mention all the stuff Cardi's done in the past four or five years. Like, just seeing all that and being like, what the fuck? And, and again, and it's interesting because she's 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 done a record with Cardi way back. She did a record with Meg way back. She did a record, with, I think, a record with Lotto too. Like, so like she's done records with these people, and then immediately turns on them afterwards because they don't just kowtow and you know they're not allowed to do it. It's high school. Like if you did something with me, you're not allowed to talk to anybody else. You're supposed to just be my friend. And the girls are like, "What are we talking about?" Like, exactly. What it was like, good, boom. it was fun, but like I wanted. You are literally <laughs> not only literally too old, you are too established for this behavior. You yeah. should not like nobody can take away the things you've done. Nobody can take away your no. numbers. Nobody can take away your chart positions. Nobody can take that from you. So like why? And I think that's what some of us are trying to say here is like why you should not feel threatened because you did what the fuck you did great but you gotta adapt or die and i feel like nikki is still using the same playbook over and over creatively Mm. musically aesthetically like boo you got it who around her is telling her no is the thing that's the problem nobody is that's the problem yeah that's the problem you know i mean I, i i saw um a clip this week uh of um the little girls that were in the i'm every woman video uh, with Whitney Houston, yeah, with Houston version. There was a clip of those girls, uh, and I think this is an older clip, but they were grown in the clip. And one of the girls still has a necklace that Whitney gave her, and they were just talking about how like she was literally like Aunt Whitney, like the, uh, long after the video was shot and ended, she said Whitney would call them and check on them. One of the girls actually had a bout with cancer, and Whitney paid for this girl's whole treatment. Like, oh wow! Off the record. wow. Yeah, yeah. Like she said, she said Whitney. Like I think it was, this video was um, taped not long after Whitney passed, and they were just talking about like, nah, like it wasn't just for the video. Like she always called us and she always checked with us if we need anything. Just like that, we had it. And I've heard so many stories of Whitney doing that. Like with Brandy, with Monica, and several other artists. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
that's where I, I, I wish Nikki would be like just you know the mm-hmm. magnanimous like I'm I am the queen. I mean Whitney was the yeah, fucking queen. You know what I'm saying? singing better than her. Yeah, exactly. there's no Cardi reason for me to be feeling like Card- Cardi saying. does. Cardi does the yeah. same thing. Cardi was only a few years into this game feeling like a, a elder. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, she's doing records with Glorilla and stuff because like I, she's like oh, she's a little girl and I like her. Like I'm gonna there's, do the record. Well, there's you know? fucking room. There actually is yeah. room. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, and it, and then again, it just, I, so I asked my kids and, and then we got to wrap. I asked my kids in on my marketing class about this because we were talking about branding this week and I was like, this is perfect. Like, let's talk about it. And one of the, one of my kids in class was like, she doesn't seem like a girl's girl. And like that, that is important as a woman's, as a female rapper, you don't seem like you're down mm-hmm. for other women. Yeah. How am I supposed to mm-hmm. rock yeah. Like like yeah. you're the, like yeah. you're the girl who always be like I don't get along with other women, which means that you're the problem. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, again, exactly. it's that it's I don't just, have she's that person. Yeah. She's that person who wants to be the only person in a space. She mm-hmm. wants to be the only one who can rock with the guys. She wants to be the only one who can rock with the pop stars. She wants to be the only one because that's what it was for her for a minute, and she doesn't know what it means for her if other people can do the same shit. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. she need to go talk uh, to her. yes. Yeah, you go talk it We're gonna wrap it up on that. Um, next week I want I'm ran long, but next week we can do it next week after the Super Bowl. I really want to talk about the Taylor Swift, the Taylor Swift oh effect. Um, because even I'm even okay. even um, what's it called? Them swag surfing went up seven hundred percent the streams this I'm, week past. That's because that's the oh. Chiefs like hype song, even without Taylor. It's been their no, kind I, of I, battle I think, cry this season. I got you, but I think we—I'm th- not saying we—it's it's a positive or a negative, but I think it's a worth a discussion. Um, it's probably worth a discussion in your in your class too. Now it'll be probably interesting to see what the kids are saying. Oh yeah, um, I got to. Unfortunately, I'm gonna end up teaching Taylor in the marketing class later this semester. You're gonna have to. I don't want to, but you're I have gonna have to. to. Yeah. She's fucking. Um, she's just, you know she's a she's a she's a monster. Um, but we'll talk about that uh, after the Super Bowl because then by then it'll obviously be over and we can see, you know, how many times they showed her and da 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 da. Um, so yeah, that's it. Um, we'll see y'all in March. Happy Black History Month. <laughs> Black, yeah, happy Black History Month. Exactly. And uh, we Black History just... every day around here. Goddamn. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, y'all have a great rest. Don't of embarrass. The... Don't embarrass the ancestors this month if y'all can help it. Exactly. Have a, have well, a great rest of the week. Well, who's from the got arrested already? So what? Yeah. Darius got arrested. Darius, Darius, Darius don't claim black anyway. He Possession, baby. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Good times. Let me go look at that. Darius don't count though because he don't even claim much. <laughs> All right. Hey. Bye, y'all. All right, we'll see y'all Bye. next week. Later. And that's what's popping in the world of entertainment. Thank you for listening to the Pop Life Podcast with Jeffrey, Naima, and Sean. Want to be a part of the show? We've got three ways you can get involved. Like us on Facebook. Send us your burning questions to poplifepodcast at gmail.com. And follow us on Twitter at poplifepodcast. Podcast.